0: We gather here. My name's Jim Coons, and I have been the pastor of Obie Joyful Church in Crested Butte for the last 24 years, and have recently stepped down from that role um, this past August by choice. <laughs> And I've had a wonderful, privileged experience ministering the gospel in Crested Butte at OB Joyful. Um, been in the ministry for nearly uh, 28 years. And as I said, uh, 20, 24 of those have been in the pastorate. And now stepping down, um, I've moved into a semi-retirement uh, stage. Still on staff at OB Joyful. We've called a new pastor, Scott Wynn. And um, I've, he's allowed me to stick around as long as I keep my nose out of his business, and taking on a counseling, pastoral counseling role, and um, ministering to second homeowners in the area, uh, some prayer ministry, and, um, and it's good, and taking some time um, for my family, and uh, Jenny mentioned you've had a full house, um, we likewise, my, all my children are back, and my first grandchild, and, and girlfriends of one of my sons, so we've had a full house also. And uh, it is wonderful, wonderful experience to have a house full, but it's also uh, um, challenging, isn't it? I thought I was an empty nester for a while, and then they come back and recycle, and praise God. that I'm down here for a break today. (laughs) No, I'm glad to be with you. Praise God. Could we uh, open with a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, uh, it's good to be with your people. Those who are seeking you, those who know you, those who love you. I'm privileged to be here today to share um, a little bit of your word uh, for encouragement, strength, and uh, to comfort. That's what your word will do when we receive that by faith. And a whole lot more. Thank you for um, community church and the ministry under Steve um, these many years. And bless, continue to bless uh, the works, the good works that are being done here for your glory. And for a witness to this community um, of your grace and love. We give you this time and and trust you in it that um, you would uh, speak to our hearts. Um, And we do so in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm excited. This is the first time that, that I get to use publicly my iPad. Is that cool or what, huh? So I, I, I made a hard copy in case I lose everything here. <laughs> but it was a gift, it was a retirement gift. And it was like, whoa, I should have had this 10 years ago. Hey, this morning, um, I want to um, encourage you into the new year. I mean, how can, how can a minister come the Sunday before the new year starts and not talk about new year? And of course, as we all contemplate 2014, um, we um, are faced with the reality of either our need for change, the reality of change that's forced upon us because of circumstances, um, tough choices that are made for us by others. And we're either a victim of, of those choices or have to participate in them. Um, or it might come from a developmental stage to change. That's what I'm finding most recently. I've entered into a new developmental stage of life. It's not over 50, it's over 60. And with it, the reality of my body changing. And I have to deal with that. And so, as much as we would like to think of all the good that we have in the past 2013 to stay the same, inevitably 2014 is, is and will bring change for us. By choice or by otherwise. And it's this morning that I want to... Um, am I doing that? Um, I, wanna, I wanna bring to you um, maybe a new idea, it's not new, it's really very old, but a new approach to thinking about changing in 2014. The ch- changes you wanna make or you're forced to make. And how processing change um, doesn't have to be as difficult as we often make it, or as often as it is. For change is hard. We've all been about trying to change ourselves, right? And we see how difficult that is at times. Be it a character flaw that we want to change, be it a physical flaw that I want to (laughs) change, whatever it is, change is really, just really hard. And our culture, in particular, our, our um, capitalistic mindset to try to make a buck off of change is in, is in our society. And so our society is geared towards um, in a, from a consumerism, demanding change, constant change. My iPad will be, in maybe in a month or so, um, be totally, you know replaceable by something new. You know, consumerism brings uh, the financial gain as a prim- primary uh, motivation, and so it produces the latest product for us to help us change. Anybody get a, uh, an exercise machine for Christmas? <laughs> you did that for change, and a year from now, as it's been collecting dust, you'll get rid of it because you need a different one for change. Or maybe um, in your local bookstore you'll go to find um, the latest self-help book to help you change in some area of your life, be it a, a new diet, um, be it um, m- maybe some difficulty you're going through in relationship. And through those self-help books you'll, you'll find new methods and new ideas to bring change about in your life individually. Also, um, people will create schemes. And you can go on the internet and you'll find scams and schemes um, from those who are trying to get financial gain to get you to change your portfolio and to buy different types of stock, to invest in different types of concepts and ideas, to make money and to bring fortune to you change in your financial status. And so it's those things and gadgets and instruments that are being sold to us to try to help us change because we need help for change. You know how difficult it is just to change on your own, just by yourself. And so the reality is that some of the best change in our lives comes when we get help for the change we need. You think, of, you think of trying to change your, your, your physical wellness and you need either a doctor if you're found in, in some sort of disease or a hard place physically. But in getting in shape, some of the best uh, um, results happen when you get what? A personal trainer on board with you to help you to discipline, to do the very things you could do on your own easily, but you don't. But with a personal trainer, they're encouraging you and motivating you, and cheering you on, or or giving you a hard time, whatever. Come on, one more push-up, one more, one more. It helps, doesn't it? Having a helper helps. And today I want to introduce to you a, a helper who who is, by his very nature, one who wants to help you change. And he can help you in, yes, your physical area and in your emotional area, in your relational area of lives. Um, Financial, possibly. But this person is primarily concerned with helping you change spiritually. And that's why we're here today. How do we we work the spiritual changes in our lives to become better children of God? Sons and daughters of God. How how do we... how do we get this character to begin to change? Become conformed to the image of Christ. And we know there's a bunch of self-help books out there for that too. How to pray harder. You know, how to make better the worship experiences. Uh, new study Bibles. New instruments that would help you change in your spiritual lives this morning and you know where I'm going with this you know who that person is the person that wants to bring change to us and it's found in the person of Jesus the Christ our Lord and Savior amen and through the gift of his spirit who he He gave to us the promised spirit to come to live within us and to dwell here and to be the very presence of Christ for us so that change would take place Change was in the very heart of God the Father in sending Jesus Christ the Son and His Spirit. That was in the heart of the Father to change us for better, for good, for righteousness, for love's sake, for peace, for kindness, for all those qualities that brings reconciliation between man and God, man and His fellow man, and man with Himself. Christ. So my text today, to give three principles of change that comes from the person of Jesus the Christ. And those three principles are simply this. They're very, very simple. We've we've sang about one of them, but they're they're very simple, very difficult to receive and implement, but very crucial and very dynamic in their essence to bring us to a, a better place spiritually and being changed. The better. And that is grace, the power and the working of grace in our lives to produce change. Truth, the truth of the matter regarding our current state and what changes we actually need, and the truth of the matter of how they need to come. And third is the faith in the one who not only has truth and grace, but is truth, and grace. So We're going to turn to the Gospel of John, the first chapter, and I'm going to read a few passages here to get us into a context where God the Father made Himself known through Jesus Christ His Son and sending Him in the flesh. So, chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through Him all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Jumping over to verse 14. And just a, a short statement, So we see here that this word, logos, is the very nature of uh, God himself, that found um, to be with God was God. And who is the word referring to, most of us know that it is found in the person of Jesus the Christ. Because in verse 14 now, John furthers the description of this word, for the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of... Say it with me. Say it with me again. Grace and truth. So here it is that Jesus Christ came, the Word became flesh, made His tent abode with us, humanity. God taking on the incarnate form of humanity. And his, the full glory of God being expressed through the one and only Jesus who came from the Father. And listen, He was full of grace and truth. Now just before verse 14, it says that in this person of Jesus, to as many who received, who received Him, to those who believed, had faith in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. Children born, a change. We know this, what the evangelical community calls the born again experience, however you want to understand that. It's a change for sure. But he says, to those who believed, had faith in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of a natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. How did that change come to become children of God from the non-spiritual children of God? They came by God through faith in His Son. So we have this, this Jesus who is full of grace and truth. And we must believe that. And I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about the power of grace and truth in our lives. And I'm finding my iPad doesn't stay on all the time. So I brought a hard copy just for that very purpose. Hmm. You know, it's no small thing that John put grace and truth together. Because you can't have one without the other. And both of these are critical, I think, for dynamic change, spiritual change in our lives. And I'm going to start with the latter, truth, first, and bring it in contrast and comparison to truth. Our tendency in the Western mind is to, to compartmentalize, break things down into individual components to, to evaluate them and and to understand them. And in doing that, it's really important. But then if we forget to bring it back to the whole from which it came, we kind of lose something really critical with the full understanding. And so, within the church and spiritually, often we separate truth from grace. And when we do, spiritually, um, truth is really a very hard thing to to live with the truth of the matter. Because see, truth by itself is very hard. I, going back to my childhood, I remember there was a, um, a, a TV show called Dragnet. Anybody remember that one? Showing our age. And, and there was this guy named Joe Friday on there, you know, and he was a stoic, straight-faced guy. And when he'd go to investigate, he was a detective. It was a detective show, and he had to sidekick and they would go to investigate and he would put out his little pad and paper as they did back then and says, ma'am, tell me what happened. And the woman would go off and, and explain this horrendous event, be it a, a thief, a theft, or a murder or something. And and he, and he would stop. Ma'am, ma'am, just give me the facts. Just give me the facts. That's all he wanted to know was the fact, The hard truth of the matter. Not what she felt about the matter. How deb- she was about to matter, how it affected everything around her, in her emotions, and her thinking. Just give me the facts. What did he look like? What was he doing? Where did he enter? Where did he leave? What was his weapon? Just give me the facts. See, and that was very hard, and the movie portrayed Joe Friday was a very kind of stoic, hardcore, give me the fact guy, the truth. He just wants the truth of the matter. The truth is hard when it simply deals with the facts of a matter. In Scripture it says the truth, actually if you correlate the truth with God's law, and God's law is true, that it becomes sometimes a curse. and says that the law became a curse, aspects of truth became a curse for us because it exposed our sinfulness. It exposed our sinfulness without ever doing anything about it.